In this episode, Kiryu gets in a fork fight. He's also mistaken for a pervert and gets called a marshmallow. And Kiryu and Majima play a game of chicken. Why is it difficult to imagine Kiryu as a marshmallow? But also... <laughs> you, wait, wait. Sorry. Why'd you lead with a marshmallow? I'm laughing because of the slight pause. I'm just picturing how could Kiryu be mistaken for... And I was expecting you to say a pervert. <laughs> and I was getting my response ready to say, I know, because he's just so nice and good. But no, you led with marshmallow. <laughs> I feel like if anyone, it would probably be Majima who gets mistaken as the pervert and <laughs> possibly a marshmallow, not Kiryu and so. You haven't met him yet, but Daigo's definitely the marshmallow. Thank you for coming back from our replay reviews. My name is Leah. And my name is Kathy. We are two friends who are here to replay, review, and analyze your favorite video games. And since Kathy has never seen the games before, it helps me view them through her fresh eyes, almost like I'm discovering them again for the first time. We hope it will be a similar experience for you. So uh, if you follow our Instagram or our YouTube channel, you might have noticed a little, little something hidden in the thumbnail. <laughs> and we're, we're going to have a little game in our thumbnails, a Majima Everywhere game. A fun Majima game. Yes, exactly. Can you find them? It'll get progressively more difficult in each thumbnail. Maybe there'll be a prize. Let us know either on our Instagram or contact us through our website. If you can find Majima in the thumbnails. This week is it's pretty easy, but it will get harder. We'll see how good I am at editing, though. All right, Kathy. Mm -hmm. We're back to Yakuza. We're doing Yakuza Kiwami. I'm so excited. So it's October 1st, 1995, and we see Dojima dead on the floor, and Kiryu standing over him holding a gun. So it looks pretty pretty self-explanatory and pretty bad. Kiryu then picks up a ring that has Yumi engraved on the inside. So my first question for you was, did you remember that name from Yakuza 0? It sounded familiar, but I don't, I don't think I remember it, and it's been like a whole year. So I didn't mm. remember that part, and I thought that guy looked awfully familiar. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just thinking about your fish comment. <laughs> oh, and yes, I want to add that Dojima looks like what you expect a fish that is belly up dead with his eyes kind of exploding out. The cops then arrive, and that's all we see. And then we flash to the previous day. Kiryu and Shinji, his right hand man, head to Sky Finance to collect what they owe them. So when they're in Sky Finance trying to get this guy to pay up, he has a line. He says, isn't the Dojima family known for resorting to murder during collections? Do you think this is a reference to the murder in the empty lot from Y0? I thought so too. And I thought there's just too many parallels of like a full circle going back to the opening scene. Someone's getting beaten up. It's just... Too much of a coincidence for him to be making this comment and not be referencing that opening scene. I think it's a reference too, but Shinji sort of plays it off and then a scuffle breaks out. But afterwards, Shinji mentions that the rumor is Kiryu will have his own family soon. He's moving up. He is no surprise there. He has proven himself to be capable. And the fact that he was even to prove his himself innocent... Also goes to show he's very capable and therefore deserving of his own family. Kiryu heads to Serena to meet Nishiki, but 
on the way, he bumps into some... Well, some guy bumps into him. I feel like if you're leaving the side street, whether you're in a car or on your feet, it's your job to look both ways if you go onto the main path. If you bump into someone, don't blame them. You didn't look both ways, friend. That's on you. But no, he picks a fight, blames Kiryu. And then we soon learn that this guy is part of the Majima family when Majima himself shows up. Now captain of the Shimano family and patriarch of the Majima family. Majima talks to Kiryu a bit and makes it sound like Kiryu has a thing with someone who works at Serena. So we'll follow up on that later. He also wants to punish this guy for attacking Kiryu and smacks him with an umbrella. But Kiryu stops him from getting even more violent. So there is one thing is that I don't remember Majima being that violent. If anything, I feel like Yakuza Zero Majima was the real marshmallow, not current day <laughs> Kiryu. And maybe it's because he doesn't have Makoto by his side anymore to have a positive influence. Look, he's still a marshmallow. He's just a marshmallow that's mm. been left out on the counter a little too long. A stale marshmallow? And he's, he's got a rind on him now. He's got a crusty outer rind on him now. <laughs> He's a, he's a softy on the inside. But I agree with you. It's a bit jarring from the Majima we left. It, it kind of leaves you wondering, what are his motives? Whose side is he on? Because mm -hmm. he's still a Shimano. The other thing is that, isn't it funny how Kiryu isn't fighting back against Majima? So another parallel is the opening scene of Majima. And I understand that at that time, he just needed the money to get back out there. But he didn't fight against the guy. If anything, he was just apologizing. He did dodge all the blows, so it wasn't like he was standing there taking it. Mm -hmm. But in any case, it's it's another parallel between Kiryu and Majima. So let's remember in Majima's introduction, if we're, if we're going on building off this parallel thing, mm -hmm. he was in his gilded cage, so he had to hold back. He still found a way to sort of it's not necessarily a workaround, but he still owned that guy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whereas Kiryu's literally just sitting here taking it. Majima gets mad when Kiryu says, I'm going to do things my own way, the right way. He gets a little bit offended by that and starts whacking him with the umbrella. He's made a point. This is his new style, new outfit and everything where we picked off from Yakuza Zero. And that's why he's not going to pick a fight. He's going to let Majima I guess try to <laughs> Is he just gonna let him kill him if it comes to that I though? Know, I, here's the thing though he didn't move away from the, the knife like if Majima wanted to he could have stuck that blade between his eyes I think maybe he knows Majima well I mean we don't know how many times they've mm -hmm. met but I think probably he knows Majima well enough to know mm -hmm. that he wouldn't do that it seems like he has respect for Majima, but let's look at the flip side of this and take a look at Majima, because I think he's not doing this just to attack Kiryu. I think he's kind of teaching Kiryu, number one, because he's supposed to be a patriarch of his own family soon, because he tells him, you think the world gives two shits if there's a reason or not, when Kiryu says there's no reason to fight Majima. And that's a good point. Anyone could just come up, attack him, try to kill him for no reason. And so I think Majima is just trying to teach him a lesson like, that's great. That's a great way to want to do things. 
but it, is it going to work in every situation? Because not everyone's going to play by those rules. I was actually thinking, in addition to having a lesson, it was also Majima's way of measuring him up to see where he is in terms of being prepared and his leadership style. But I also find some irony in it that he's trying to pick a fight with Kiryu, similar to how Nishitani was trying to find a reason to fight him, even going as far as calling the cops on himself just so he can fight Majima. <laughs> and this is now Majima trying to fight Kiryu. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's definitely got Nishitani vibes. He tells him that he's going to find reasons to fight Kiryu. And he says, I'm going to have my eye on you 24-7. <laughs> this man. He's going to be everywhere. <laughs> he said I, though. Singular. <laughs> oh, I didn't catch that. I'm curious, though, in Japanese, if there's a singular and plural, if they, it's just like an English translation thing. It could be. Not to pop your bubble, <laughs> but... but. I, think it's hilarious well for us Mm -hmm. it's a joke (laughs) (laughs) all right so majima leaves and kiryu makes it to serena where he hangs out with nishiki reina and yumi the bar gang as i call them nishiki makes it sound like the dojima family is on the decline when we get introduced to nishiki it just says of the dojima family so i don't know what level he's at but it seems lower than kiryu's who's a lieutenant advisor I, at first, thought it just was because Nishiki isn't as ambitious as Kiryu. Even in Yakuza Zero, he just wanted to be with Kiryu. He didn't really care about rising to the top and being that ambitious into one day taking over Kasama. Or am I incorrect in that? I think this is actually a topic that we maybe talked about in Nishiki's character arc is at the start of the game he is focused on you know rising the ranks whatever it takes but as the events surrounding Kiryu unfold he sort of abandons that and decides Kiryu is more important because essentially he had to make that choice so I don't think you're wrong I think it's both Mm -hmm. and so we just don't know where he where he landed after all those events wrapped up I think I was just kind of curious. What kind of surgery is Yumi having? Do we know? We don't. It's not Yumi, though. It's Nishiki's biological sister. Oh, my God. I thought that yeah. Yumi was a <laughs> biological sister because they were all from no. the orphanage. But yeah, we learned that she has some sort of medical issues and that an upcoming surgery is likely her last chance and she won't survive if the surgery doesn't accomplish whatever it needs to do. But at this point, we don't know what exactly the problem is. Okay, okay, that makes sense. That <laughs> I'm glad I asked that question. Yes, I'm glad you did too, because because it you would have been confused for a little while. Yeah, but it, and it would also make it really weird when he's like buying a gift, but like <laughs> um um okay. Or anything else? Are we ready for scene three? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's go. We now flash back to a few months in the past, where Kiryu is hanging with Nishiki at Serena. Reina mentions that today is Yumi's birthday. Nishiki ordered a present for her months ago, but Kiryu has been busy and did not remember <laughs> to get her a present. They decide to throw a party for Yumi, and Reina suggests that Kiryu get her a ring. Which leads to... 
way too much trouble. Way too much time. I cut it down as much as I could. So he has to buy the ring, and then the ring gets stolen, and then the guy who stole it pawned it off, and then the guy at the pawn shop raises the prices on him. So he has to borrow money from Shinji, who assumes that Kiryu needs it for a soap land. And the second time he returns to Shinji to ask for more money, Shinji's like, what, back already? Did you go for the short and sweet? (laughs) So what's the short and sweet? Guys, is that a code? <laughs> what, is, what is it for? <laughs> so many things I want to say, but they're all so inappropriate. I'm not even going to. I'm sure we're all thinking. <laughs> yes. Anyway, Kiryu just ignores this, goes back, and then at this point, the guy just gives him the ring. It <laughs> doesn't make him pay for it, so I, I don't understand. It's a giant waste of time. But anyway, he makes it back for the party where they all exchange gifts. And Raina seems a little bit sad, which is when we flash back to her and Yumi with the client just a few hours ago. So in this flashback, we see Yumi telling the customer that she would only want a ring from someone she's in love with. Is Raina meddling a little bit here by suggesting that Kiryu get her a ring? I think so, but the look on Raina's face afterwards, it looks like she has feelings for... Kiryu, but she knows her chances with him are slim and therefore she's just going to push those two together. I'm not quite sure right now because it's either a like a love triangle between Yumi, Kiryu, and Reina or it's Yumi, Kiryu, and Nishiki that are fighting for Yumi's feelings and I'm not quite sure where it is. Let me just add one thing into this because it might affect your theory. Okay. Raina asks Nishiki to get her a ring for her birthday. I do get that. But the thing is that is she asking for it because she's jealous that Yumi gets one from Kirio and she knows that Kirio is probably not going to get a ring for her and therefore she's asking Nishiki to do it. It also kind of like devalues the ring in a way that's saying that everyone's getting a ring, not just you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's not a yeah, s- unique that. ring. But okay, who gets like a fancy ring like that for someone that's not like an, for an engagement or they're not in a relationship? I don't really think it's common to give people fancy rings like that. I got my brother an adult Lego set for his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe gift giving in Japan in the 90s was more intense. Maybe the economy was booming. But anyway, something's going on. It's either a love triangle or a love square. Mm-hmm. I have a question. It's been several hours after the party. It's now 4 p.m. And we saw Kiryu kind of like slouched, probably passed out on the bar. It's 4 p.m., but Reina says good morning to Kiryu. Are you sure it's not 4 a.m.? I'm positive. It's 4 p.m. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe they're just so used to, like, days and nights being flipped around. Right. It's weird. I don't quite understand what happened. I think he passed mm-hmm. out for a few hours. I don't know. I don't know if the whole days went by. I don't know if they meant 4 a.m. But he fell asleep in a bar with a briefcase full of 100 million yen. 
I was about to say that too. <laughs> I feel so uncomfortable because one of my theories was something about needing money, and Kitty is just holding a hundred million yen and just walking the streets as if it was nothing. Turns out Kiryu has a meeting at the Kazuma family office. He arrives at the office. We see Kazuma and Kashiwagi, who at one point starts to mention Kazuma's past as an assassin, but Kazuma cuts him off. So he must not like his past. Well, I mean, for starters, he was in jail. No one really wants to talk about that time. (laughs) And so there is that. But also, it even goes beyond what's recently happened. It's that everything Kazuma's past life was prior to meeting Nishiki and Kiryu. There's a lot that Kiryu doesn't know and Kashiwagi knows. And so I think Kazuma has some skeletons in his closet that still are there. Kiryu then gets a call from Shinji. And I guess Reina told him that she saw Dojima grab Yumi and take off and that Nishiki went after them. Kazuma tells him not to go, but Kiryu goes anyway. And this is when we see what exactly happened. And turns out Nishiki shot and killed Dojima because he forced himself on Yumi. Yumi looks really shaken up, which I think you would be. But Kiryu tells Nishiki to take Yumi and get out of there. Nishiki wants Kiryu to go instead, but is eventually convinced to leave when Kiryu says that his sister is going to need him. That's a a reminder of Makoto. She seems shaken in versus Makoto just completely blacking out the entire situation and everything. But that's another parallel going back to Yakuza Zero. But I do think that Nishiki, if I remember correctly, he hasn't killed anyone before. Number one, it's interesting that you bring up Makoto because I have in my notes that I don't want to reopen old wounds here. <laughs> but but uh, Yumi is a, a prime example of what could have happened to Makoto if Majima hadn't walked away. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it because we can go hours into into Don't tangent there. Even touch it. Second, at the end of Yakuza Zero with Nishiki and Kiryu in Serena, Kiryu tells Nishiki, and we made a joke about this because he says, "I owe you my life," but then he makes Nishiki pay for dinner. But he says, I owe you my life. So do you think this is what he's sort of doing to make up for that? For him owing his life to Nishiki? I think Kiryu would have done that whether or not he owed him or anything. And also, if you think about it, Nishiki has more to lose than Kiryu. But he knows that he's strong enough to be able to go to jail. And maybe he kind of wants to to have some kind of resemblance to Kazama. Also from Yakuza 0, Kiryu's about to kill Shibasawa, but Nishiki tackles him and he says, if we cross that line, we're going to cross it together. So is this moment where Nishiki killed Dojima, but Kiryu's taking the blame, is this crossing the line together or is it Kiryu stepping over the line and pushing Nishiki away from it? I actually thought it was just Nishiki crossing the line by himself and then the panic of not knowing what the next step is once you cross that line. So he kind of looks to Kiryu to help him figure that out. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Kiryu 
would be if we would consider him crossing that line because he hasn't taken a life yet. I think no matter what happens to Kiryu, if he gets prosecuted or not, they're in it together. Do we need to do a so long dojima? Uh, mother <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No doubt about it. I mean, he's the one that uh, put Y0 into motion, right? Mm-hmm. All those, All those poopy events. So those things were not good. He definitely has cheated on his wife or is trying to presently. I he mean, trying to force himself <laughs> on someone. No means no. <laughs> right. I'm just trying to find out if there is any redeeming qualities at all to this character. Because at least Nishitani had redeeming qualities. At least Sagawa mm-hmm. had redeeming qualities. This guy just sucks. <laughs> yeah, he sucks. He's terrible. I think the only good thing he did, which might not even be considered a good thing, is making Kuze cut his finger off. I think that's that's it. It's the mm-hmm. way of the, the Yakuza life, so he can't really take credit for forcing him. Right. He's just implementing whatever rules that were established. So there's just nothing about this guy that's, that's a mother respecter. I think it's time to say so long. So Kiryu definitely got arrested. And he's now being interrogated by a detective named Date, who does not believe that Kiryu did it, but he's pressured to close the case. I think we're going to see more of him. I think he's going to close the case in terms of the process for getting him in jail and everything. But I think he's going to be investigating behind the scenes. It would be kind of hard not to close this case when you have the suspect saying, I did it. And it appears to be what happened as we see him in jail. He gets visited by Shinji, who presents him with his expulsion from the family. But Kiryu says it should have been a banishment, and Shinji responds that third chairman Sarah decided on expulsion. So I don't exactly know what it means, except that I think he could come back. And I think maybe a banishment is like, you're dead to us. That's my question is what they are. But I was also thinking that banishment might be like pushing him out beyond their area, their territory, mm-hmm. and so it'd be very similar to Majima being trapped in the gilded cage. Shinji also tells him that the Kazuma family is taking command of the Dojima family, and also that Yumi has been missing since the day after the incident, and her memory is gone. She doesn't remember Kiryu, she doesn't remember Nishiki. She freaking pulled the Makoto. She did. Why are they making all the female characters like this? Because they're in a, a dangerous world, I guess. I don't know. Maybe if we taught females how to fight, she could fight her own battles and not need Nishiki to kill for her. Makoto tried, and it didn't go yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna look at Lee. You can't look at him anymore. Leah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. That was so mean. <laughs> I really like Lee. I'm sorry. Okay. But we do find out that Nishi and Kazuma are looking for her. So that's at least some, a uh, little bit of good news. So later on, an inmate picks a fight with Kiryu in the cafeteria with some forks. Dual wielding the forks here. Mm-hmm. And after the fight, Kiryu is trying to figure out who ordered the hit on him. And the inmate says that Sarah ordered the hit. So I'm confused because... Sarah didn't full out banish him, but he issued a hit on him? I don't think it's Sarah issuing the hit. I think 
someone else, like Shimano or someone, is issuing the hit and saying that, tell them that Sarah's the one who does it, trying to cause some kind of rift between Sarah and Kiryu, because Kiryu mm-hmm. and Sarah have a lot of history. But also, I do want to circle back to the fork battle. Right before <laughs> someone tries to pick a fight with Kiryu, some poor guy gets hand stabbed by the fork just so they can get rid of the security guy. I know. So I'm sure he wasn't part of the plan or didn't expect that <laughs> to be happening in order to get rid of the security guard. Oh, what a day that guy had. Although I will say that the guard very politely helped him up to, to go get help. Probably to minimize the amount of blood spilling everywhere. True. It's very opposite to the treatment Kiryu got, which was a club over the head. But I guess he did <laughs> knock out, like, eight guys, so. I do want to point out to our female listeners, when you watch the scene, do you pay attention to Kiryu's forearms? Because they're massive <laughs> <laughs> in this scene. I don't know what it is about jail Kiryu, <laughs> but his biceps and his forearms have grown like they've doubled in size. Jail Kiryu. <laughs> Instead of prison, Mike, it's prison Kiryu. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was more distracted by that haircut. We are now at <sighs> Dojo. <Sorry. laughs> <laughs> what happened? I just read my notes of where we're going with this. And so- <laughs> Stop being preemptively mad. <laughs> just-, <laughs> just go. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're now at Dojima HQ right after Kiryu's arrest, and there are mixed feelings about the situation. Some say Kiryu should be killed, while others say that he must have had his reasons. Further into the conversation, they start talking down about Nishiki and kind of are saying, well, we should have just had him take the blame. Then they straight up say he's useless. And unfortunately, Nishiki was outside the door and overhears all of this. Which cannot feel good. But does it justify? <laughs> does it justify what we see in the next scene, Kathy? <laughs> you cannot do a straight face. <laughs> Get ready for 40 minutes uh, on this topic, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit it down, I promise you. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. Basically, um, Nishiki is back at Serena, and Reina is very distraught. Probably says some things that she shouldn't. Basically says, why couldn't you save them? Why couldn't you save Yumi and Kiryu? How could you let this happen? You said that you would protect them. This uh, strikes a chord with Nishiki, and he says, are you calling me useless? Which he just heard someone else call him. (laughs) He slaps her. To the floor. <laughs> Unacceptable. Unacceptable. That was the only word I can think of. My jaw hit the ground, eyes wide, nauseous flaring, in shock. Speechless. Your face was priceless. You were livid. I was livid. I was in shock at the audacity he had to hit a woman that has saved him in Kiryu's butt. What makes you think it's okay to raise your hand and hit a woman? And I get why he was frustrated, but it's not okay to hit a woman. Unacceptable. For that alone, I feel like from being one of my biggest crushes 
of all video games characters that we've seen till this point. Like I ranked him higher than Bigby Wolf, y'all. And, and <laughs> everyone no, knows he's Bigby's like, hot. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy likes some hair. <laughs> Look at it. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> you- <laughs> I mean, he was a runner-up to KFC last season, wasn't he? I don't I remember. remember. Someone tell us. <laughs> I get that he tried his best, and if the roles were reversed, you know, probably would have said the same to to Kiryu. But mm-hmm. still, I don't think Kiryu would have slapped her to the ground. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> you're you're gonna eat those words later. Oh my god, we. <laughs> Uh, save that clip. Save that clip. No way. Get out of here. What? I'm just going to let you simmer with that. I'm just going to. I don't want to oh say any more God. than that. Oh, you're <laughs> killing me. Let's, yes, let's discuss Nishiki and his state of mind right now. Obviously, this is horrible. Definitely not going to justify him slapping a woman to the floor. But let's let's take a look at what he might be feeling right now. Number one, he just killed a man, his patriarch. Yumi was just attacked. Kiryu took the fall and is likely going to go to prison for something that Nishiki did. He just heard people talking about how great Kiryu is and how useless Nishiki is. We then have Reina telling him essentially that he's useless and not really blaming him for what happened to Yumi and Kiryu, but saying that he couldn't stop it. We also have his sister on the verge of death. He's dealing with a lot. I get that. I get he's dealing with a lot. And I also know his personality has always been more on the emotional side. Because mm-hmm. if you remember chapter 6 of Yakuza 0, where Nishiki pretty much held a gun to Kiryu thinking that he was about to end him. I know he didn't have it in him to do <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, it's a good thing Kiryu didn't call him useless right then. Yeah, but the, here's the thing that like, I get the emotions and everything but it doesn't mean i agree and it doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's acceptable right it's unacceptable but i think it's important that we keep track of nishiki and where his head is at and where his feelings and emotions are at we need to keep track of that and right now it's pretty shitty we also do see that he is surprised at what he's done i think we can see that the way he looks at his hand i think he is shocked and surprised and i think he regrets what he did which is good but it's too late. You can't take that back. She's frightened. This is someone that she sees on a very regular basis. Let's just hope he can redeem himself. Ish. <laughs> the word footing was on here and I don't know why. I read it as tooting. <laughs> <laughs> but it does not say tooting. It says Kiryu finds his footing. <laughs> After being released on parole ten years later. So... It is now December 5th, 2005, and Kiryu will be released on parole the next day. But we then change scenery to Tojo HQ, where people are confused as to why Nishiki, of all people, who is now a patriarch of his own family, has called an officer's meeting, which it sounds like he does not have the authority to do. And uh, we need to pause here to get your reaction, Kathy, to Nishiki's new hair. I don't like it. I don't like it. First, the the slapping of a innocent woman and now his new hairstyle and an attitude and everything is Kiwami gonna make me not like him before okay 
before I address that question, I have a question for you. And you gotta be honest. <laughs> okay. Would you have liked this hair better if we didn't just see him slap Reyna? I think so. I think, <laughs> I think his actions have already impacted my opinion that I think that his internal self and personality isn't as beautiful as it once was. So Nishki asks Sarah if the rumors are true that the Tojo's 10 billion yen have been stolen. This potential bad news angers Shimano, who we got a crotch shot of earlier. <laughs> we did not ask for it. And Shimano vaguely threatens to cut off, I think uh, he's referencing Nishiki's pee-pee here. Nishiki seems unfazed, but Sarah confirms that it is true. However, he ends the meeting without giving any real answers. He just says, you gotta go to the clan headquarters for this. So as Sarah leaves, Nishiki and Kazuma exchange a look from across the room. What's that about, Kathy? I was, I had that exact same question on my list. I'm curious what that look exchange means. I feel like there's two possible reasons for that look. One would be they both know, but Kazuma's mad that Nishiki's rushing to call this meeting. Maybe they had something planned. And maybe that's why Nishike had to split away from Kazama. Maybe there's like a bigger plan because we know that Kazama has things planned like 10 steps ahead if we think about what he worked with with Tachibana and all those backups. I don't think Kazama would have been blindsided by Nishiki leaving the family. So I feel like they're working on it, but Kazama's just mad that Nishiki is jumping the gun here. Or mm. it could be that they're not working together. Kazama's already kind of pissed at Nishiki for starting his own family and everything. And he's probably either suspicious about his intentions or sees Nishiki as a person who is no longer who Kazama thought he was. I don't know where this falls into what you just said, but I had a question. Okay. Which was, do you think Kazuma has a Tachibana this time? Does he have that extra help? Because Tachibana had some serious power. So is this a weaker Kazuma, I guess, is my question. I think two parts. So the first part, no, he doesn't have anyone helping him or anything. Not quite yet. But later in the scene, if you ask that same question to me again, I'm going to say, yes, it's going to be Shinji. I just hope he doesn't end up like Tachibana. A now free Kiryu is walking the streets of Kamurocho when he is jumped by Majima, but for good reason. He says he's trying to help Kiryu get back into Yakuza shape. When you made a joke, and I was like, you don't even know you're referencing something, but you are. <laughs> it is called Majima everywhere, and he will pop up out of random places. I'm talking manhole covers. I'm talking under cones. To try to get Kiryu into fighting shape. I cut a lot of them out of the game because most of them are just... They're not important, and these videos mm -hmm. are long enough, but you made a reference and you didn't even know it, so that's pretty funny. So, continuing on, Kiryu is on the hunt for an information broker, and we also start to learn that a murder has taken place today, which we learn from a guy who attacks him. So, he's been on the street for like five minutes, and he's already been in two fights. And then we'll soon learn from the information broker, Aoki, that the victim was an executive-level Tojo clan member, and that it was rumored to be an internal dispute. I just thought, wouldn't it be funny if 
Nishiki's behind both desks, <laughs> 10 years apart. I have another question for you, though. So the guy, <laughs> the original information broker we saw at the start of the game, his name was Tamara. Aoki tells Kiryu that he was likely killed for digging too deep into Kiryu's story after Dochin was killed. So another question could be who killed Tamara. Are they all the same person? Are there multiple people killing people? Not quite sure. It does run a parallel where, once again, when the deaths are happening and trying to solve the problem, Kiryu's on the outside and he's solving everything from like a neutral standpoint. And now with this death and, and some of the investigation, he's also neutral because he's been in jail. He's not really quite molded back into the family. Mm-hmm. And so he's solving it again independently. Yeah, that's an interesting point. And another interesting comparison is in Yakuza 0, he's convincing people he didn't kill someone. And in this game, he's convincing people that he did kill someone. <laughs> Kiryu makes it to Stardust and uh, does not get a warm welcome initially. Yuya beats the poo-poo out of him. Well, not really. Kiryu wins, but uh, there might have been poop involved. Okay, so how long has it been? And he's been in three fights already. I mean, he looks like a Yakuza, though. Isn't that why he's dressed the way he is? Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, he kind of had it coming. It's true. But eventually, Kazuki, the guy that Cosmo told him to connect with, comes out and smooths the situation over. They go inside, and he tells Kiryu that the plan was for Cosmo to meet him at Stardust so they could have a private place to talk. But now he can't make it due to Sarah having been murdered. So now we know who was killed. Well, I thought it was just really funny originally in my notes when Sarah's first walking out of the Tojo HQ. He just walks unafraid with his back to everyone. I mean, he could have mm-hmm. got jumped and everything, but he was just so cool about it. It was like, man, this guy must think he's untouchable. <laughs> and the next thing you yeah. know, he's dead. <laughs> it's funny because I even had the same thought. I was like, you don't know. Someone might just come up behind you and punch you in the <laughs> neck. <laughs> yeah. Kazuki also says that there had been internal disputes in the Kazuma family. And we will soon learn after a fight with Shimano's thugs, during which... Shinji shows up, and he's so cool now. What the heck he happened is. to Shinji? Keanu Reeves in the Matrix vibes. <laughs> he's so cool now. He shows up like, I don't even know. It's mm-hmm. amazing, though. He's got a new trench coat. Although, he's got the same shirt. It's been ten years. I think you should wash the shirt, bud. So, after Shinji uh, saves the day... We learn that Nishiki is the one who betrayed the Kazuma family, and the Omi leader, Tarada, is backing him up. And his goal is to go independent and start his own family. I'm assuming the Nishiki family. So, Kathy, how are you feeling? There's a lot of Nishiki drama happening. We don't really know him anymore. Is Nishiki the one who killed Sarah? What is going on? What's his relationship with Kazama, how come he didn't go and visit Kiryu in jail? There's just so much things we don't know about Nishiki that I'm almost even curious if it's all a front, like he has some bigger plan. And once again, I do want to default back to thinking that maybe Kazama is the one who's setting all this stuff up. 
He's just mm. way too smart that nothing is going to blindside Kazuma. I feel like he knows Nishiki well enough to know what's going on. So I do want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Building off of that, in Yakuza 0, we kind of landed on Kazuma's a little bit of a of an <laughs> because he threw mm-hmm. Kiryu into that situation. And he did it knowing that Tachibana might die. Yeah. He did it knowing a lot of people might die. So I don't know how much... I don't know if trust is the right word, but I don't know how much weight we can give to Kazuma. And we don't know what he's behind or what he's trying to do. But my flag is a little... It's a little red when it comes to Kazuma right now. So circling back to Zara being now dead, I'm even curious... Earlier, Kashiwagi was talking about Kazama about being a good assassin, and Kazama hushes him. Do you think there's a chance that Kazama was an assassin, was the assassin that killed Sarah, assuming that he died by an assassination? Hmm. So we know, I think we know from Yakuza Zero that Sarah is who Kazama wanted in charge, and that would make me say no. But again, I don't know what his motives are, and I don't know if we can all trust him as much as Kiryu trusts him blindly. So I don't know. I think it's possible. I think Cosmo would do pretty much whatever he needs to do to accomplish what he wants to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> if I can keep saying do. <laughs> yes. I'm even thinking that, yes, you're correct that Kiryu blindly trusts him, but maybe what if Nishiki no longer is going to also blindly trust him. I don't know if he... Maybe he found out that before everything happened, Kazama told Kiryu not to even show up to save mm-hmm. Yumi and Nishiki, which goes to show how little care he has for those two. And maybe yeah. that's the reason that pushes Nishiki to leave his family. I definitely agree with that. It seems obvious that Kazama's focus is Kiryu. But this is also when we learn that Shinji was sent to the Nishikiyama family to keep tabs on them, and he's now the lieutenant advisor. Shinji warns Kiryu that Nishiki is not the man you once knew. I'm also curious, do you think that Nishiki is playing Kazama and therefore use Shinji and Kiryu's relationship to try to drag Kiryu back into his family instead of Kazama's family? Kiryu also learns about the missing 10 billion and that Sarah was murdered just after the meeting that we saw earlier. So it was pretty quick. Someone kind of did run up behind him and <laughs> punch him in the neck. But it was a little more intense than that. And then Kiryu plans to attend Sarah's funeral the following day to have a chance to talk to Kazuma. And that is the end of the gameplay video. Anything else you need to say? No, we covered it. It was really... It's fast-paced compared to Yakuza Zero. At the start of it, I was like, oh my gosh, I missed this. And I was not ready for it to be this quick. Yeah, it starts fast, especially by comparison. (laughs) There's Mm -hmm. already like two people dead. It's crazy. (laughs) Do we need a so long mother or mother respecter for Sarah? I guess so. Sarah, he was one of our favorite characters from Yakuza Zero. He comes in so cool. And he's just so put together, confident. I mean, the fact that he walked away from that meeting without even worried about having someone stab his back, even though he should have worried someone pulled a Julius Caesar on him. (laughs) 
And he is also the reason why Makoto's alive. And without him, Yakuza series ending wouldn't have been the way it is. And so I feel like for all those reasons, all the good deeds, I have to say he's a so-long mother respecter. I agree. I don't think we've really seen him do anything bad. I mean, I'm sure he's killed people, but mm-hmm. I think a lot of people in these games <laughs> have killed people. But yeah, this guy is just so opposite of a lot of characters we see. A lot of the other characters are more like rough around the edges, but Sarah is more professional. He's just He has class. Yeah, he's cl- he's a classy criminal. <laughs> He doesn't just wear a nice suit. It's more than that. He's got class. He's got capability. He saw what Nishiki was trying to pull, and he was like, I'm not standing here for this. (laughs) Goodbye. I've always loved this character. He has a way of staying outside of the main fighting, but this is when it catches up to him, and perhaps he was a little bit unprepared because he wasn't used to being right in the middle of it. I think he's a so long mother respecter. I think he's done far more good than bad. Agreed. On one for audacity. Three, two, one. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to send in any questions, comments, or game suggestions. You can find all our contact info on our website, replayreviewspod.com, or contact us directly through our site. Did we completely miss something? Are we way off the mark? Or do you just want us to take a deeper look at anything from the game? We'll tackle any topics you all want to hear in our season wrap-up episode. We also have a Reddit where we discuss anything we're curious about. Go take a look and let us know what you're thinking. Our theme music is Condemned by Eggy Toast. They'll play you out, and we'll be back next week.